0: and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset.
1: We are 155 weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? How was your weekend?
3: Healthy and alive. Uh, Good weekend. I got the flooring in, got uh, some other stuff in. Uh, Hopefully that'll get done this week and we'll be one step step closer to uh, completion. Then it's just a matter of waiting on the cabinets and uh, and then uh, we're good to go. Everything's back. Well, I also have carpeting, but I don't know when that's coming in. Uh, That may be another couple of weeks, depending on uh, logistical issues and blah, blah, blah. You know how it is
1: nowadays. I do, after yeah. COVID. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, the, the craziest thing that I had to get used to when I came to this side of the pond was the lack of carpet in the houses here. It's just not a thing. That's you know, an American thing. We put carpet everywhere in, in our American houses. And it wasn't until that did I realize how unhygienic <laughs> carpet can be in a house. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I've worked with a carpet cleaning business before where we steam cleaned and everything and the color of the water when you're done steam cleaning. This is the professional, you know, using the gas powered uh, yeah, yeah. vacuum. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, the yeah. The, the good um, deep
1: clean stuff where you're, you're in there yeah. for hours cleaning, you know, just a couple of rooms. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. It's absolutely filthy. And the color of the carpet when you're done is completely different. Uh, when, and you're supposed to get it steamed at least once a year. Uh, by the way uh, and most people don't do that <laughs> but um yeah carpet is pretty nasty but at the same time it's very cozy it it kind of it's hard floors are are nice for cleaning Ugh, it, it the echo and the it, it's just not it doesn't feel warm and inviting like carpet does
1: the summertime though it is nice because it does help you cool down a little True. bit It is, it is nicer for that. It doesn't retain all that heat. So yeah, it is it is nice for that. Anyway, on to the events of the day. Today's gonna be a short one. I do apologize for that. But Bruce and I were um, we were delving into we've literally been talking for almost two hours. We were delving into another subject, and this is a deep one. This is this is something that through all my years of research and all of my years of study on uh, politics in the Far East, most notably Russia, this is going to take a lot of time for even me to digest. I'm not even sure that I can wrap my head around what we were discussing. I, I still can't even do that. And I've got I got a lot of work to do personally, and we've got a lot of work to do as a, as a team. Uh, and we're going to bring in hopefully somebody else uh, on the matter to discuss things further about what we believe we might all be facing. But we're not going to get into that right now. What we're going to get into right now is another train derailment in Springfield, Ohio, which is just outside of the Dayton area, which is down on the western end, just north of Cincinnati. Norfolk Southern, the same rail company that is responsible for the derailment in East Palestine, wouldn't you know, see Bruce right there North, uh, Norfolk Southern, that's the yeah, it's the that's the car there. Uh wouldn't you know they derailed right there in Springfield. You see Springfield right there, right there on the edge of town. This apparently this this is the new normal, the the train derailments. Well,
3: when train companies don't take care of their uh equipment uh and the rails, what do you expect, you know? And also, other possible influences, um, sabotage, those kind of things that uh, could possibly be involved. There there could have been, like uh, with the uh, East Palestine one, it could have easily have been uh, somebody did some damage to a bearing intentionally to make it look like an accident, you know, kind of like snipping brake lines. Um, it just looks like it's an accident, uh, when in reality, uh, it was sabotage. Same thing here. This may have been just simply an accident, or it could have been a sabotage. We won't know.
1: You know, Antifa, they uh, they actively pass out pamphlets within their organization that tell them how to derail trains. Oh, look at that, Bruce, right there next to a water source. You see that? Supposedly, these tankers are empty, though,
3: though they may have residue of chemical. It's possible, but it's not going to be anything like uh,
1: what we just seen at East Palestine. No, of course not. And I'm wondering, is anybody investigating the acts of Antifa, the inner workings of Antifa? Because again, they actively pass out pamphlets and literature on how to derail trains. Now, if I were an investigator, and I, of course, that's that's something that I have a background in. But if I were an investigator tasked with looking into who my suspect list would be, because let's be honest, if I have any kind of a um, of an organization such as law enforcement or I don't know, God help us, the FBI, that would be responsible for investigating such incidents or the National Transportation Safety Board, you know, NTSB, useless people like Pete Buttigieg if I were one of these people and I would, or if I was tasked by my supervisor to come up with a list of suspects, I can tell you who'd be at the top of mine right now. I wonder, is that group at the top of anybody's list?
3: Rumor has it they're supposed to be flagged as a terrorist group, uh, or they're looking at flagging them as a terrorist group, so organization or whatever, so we'll see. But no, as far as I know, the answer to that is no.
1: Well, Bruce, do you remember the group of uh, Antifa members that were in Atlanta that uh, were squatting on a piece of forest property that, you know, the ones that were uh, shooting at state troopers and they injured one of the state troopers, put him in intensive care. And then the responding trooper returned fire, killed one of the Antifa members and of course Antifa had to go out and protest the fact that they were, you know, killed by a police officer. This group here, this is twenty-three Antifa members, uh, excuse uh, degenerates, excuse me, pardon me, that were arrested for domestic terrorism in Georgia last night after um well, you see, they uh they torched some government equipment and then they threw rocks at police officers. Yeah. And so you, you see these these people here, these fine, stand-up, uh, patriot-type people here. It, wouldn't you know it, uh, one is from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Of course they are. Uh,
3: and actually, to be fair, uh, poverty is what I would say some of these yes. people look like.
1: I, I would also like uh, to mention that none of these people... These are all people that were arrested in Atlanta, okay? These, all of these, 23 of these, they were all arrested in Atlanta. I think all but... I think three of them were from out of state. So let me get this straight. If you're a member of this organization, which, by the way, gets openly protected on Facebook, if you're a member of this organization and you travel across state lines to either, quote, incite a riot or violence or commit an act of crime in cooperation with other members of that same organization that are in that locale— how is that not domestic terrorism? Somebody explain that to me. The FBI actually is supposed to be, by law, that is actually their jurisdiction. That's why we have the FBI was originally put together because of that. You know, we couldn't go after organized crime in the gangster era because police couldn't cross state lines- To go after these people that were knocking off banks, like John Dillinger and and Muggsy Bogues and and, uh, Pretty Boy Floyd and and, uh, George Nelson, Babyface Nelson, all this. They couldn't go after those people because they were crossing state lines and the police, well, they had jurisdiction. So we needed another agency to go after these people because, well, we needed to be able to charge the same people involved in the same organizations across state lines, and we needed an investigative agency to be able to do that. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if we had such agency today to do the responsible thing and the common sense thing and the, well, God help us, the legal just thing and go after people like this. Instead, what do we have? We have a Justice Department that's run by an attorney general named Merrick Garland who actively goes after this. I notice a pattern, though. The
4: FBI field office in Richmond, on the 23rd of January of this year, issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their, their language, including those who favor the Latin mass. Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in latin mass parishes and other catholic parishes around the country
5: the justice department does not do that it does not um, um, do investigations based on religion i saw the document you said it's appalling it's appalling i'm in complete agreement with you i understand that the fbi has withdrawn it and it's now looking into how this could ever have happened how did it happen that's what they're looking into but i'm totally in agreement with you that document is appalling
4: i'll tell you how it happened the this memoranda, which is supposed to be intelligent, cites extensively the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes on to identify all of these different Catholics as being part of hate groups. Is is this how the FBI, under your direction and leadership, is, is this how they do their intelligence work? They look they look at left-wing advocacy groups to target. Catholics? Is this what's going on? I mean, Clearly it is. How is this happening?
5: The FBI is not targeting Catholics and and as I've said, this is an an inappropriate memorandum and it doesn't reflect the methods that the FBI is supposed to be using. It should not be relying on any single organization without doing its own work.
4: Let me just ask you as my time expires here, a very direct question. how, How many informants do you have in Catholic churches across America?
5: I don't know and I don't believe we have any informants aimed at Catholic churches. We have a Rule against uh, investigations based on First Amendment um, activity, and uh, uh, Catholic churches are obviously uh, First Amendment. Activity. Well, but I don't know the specific answer to it. You, you don't know the specifics of anything, it seems, but apparently,
4: on your watch, this Justice Department is targeting Catholics, targeting people of faith,
1: specifically for their faith views. This is what the FBI occupies their time doing. You know, I, I've worked cases with the American FBI before, the average rank and file field agent. And you know something? They were men and women of integrity. I don't know what in the hell has happened with these organizations, but I'm ashamed of what they've become. As an American, as somebody that's worked hand in hand with these people before, I'm ashamed. These people, they never would have done something like this. Now, I don't know if you're if you're just following orders, but I'd rather quit your pension, be damned, your lifestyle, be damned. I'd rather quit than sit in front of Congress, in front of that centered, Senator Josh Hawley, and be questioned about that. And on top of that, you're being given political intelligence by the Southern Poverty Law Center, the same Southern Poverty Law Center that's representing Antifa, I might add, and you're targeting Catholics, American Catholics. We got a real big problem.
3: And to his point that they're not targeting Catholics. Um, yeah, there's something like uh, 56 Catholics that would disagree as their door was kicked in by the FBI because they were protesting at a uh, Planned Parenthood or praying off to the side. Um yeah, they they had. To, in fact, I think one of the women uh, women that were involved as a grandmother has cancer and she's supposed to be in prison or go to prison because of this for simply praying in front of a um, Planned Parenthood. Yeah, they're not going after uh, Catholics. Uh-huh. Sure. Now, it's not just Catholics that are involved in. um protesting Planned Parenthood uh or abortion in general, but they are one of the larger groups. And uh no surprise. Uh they're going after one of their um religious uh effigies or whatever you want to call it idols. Uh so yeah of course they're gonna go after this. Now I'm 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 of the opinion that he fully is full aware of what uh he's fully aware of what the FBI is doing. He's fully aware of who the FBI is targeting because uh I think he's his, part of the reason he's there is to ensure that they're going after that. In fact, uh, his specialty is going after white supremacy. He's, his specialty is going after um, domestic terrorism. Um, as as we pointed out before, the Merr building bombing, you know, uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, he was the lead investigator on that. Uh, so, yeah.
1: And let's not forget, he was also the same attorney general that signed the letter declaring parents that attend school board meetings domestic terrorists. Of course, at the time when Senator Cruz was questioning him about that, he didn't know anything about it. And Senator Cruz is saying, um, your name is, is on this, like you signed this. This is from your office. Are you saying you're signing this and you don't know what it is? Well, I don't know how that happened. No, just like I'm you don't sure. know how the FBI is. You don't know how that happened, how they're investigating Catholics that attend the Latin mass. Well, let's just call it Catholics in general. Mm-hmm. How many informants? I, I like the senator's question, even if this is p- for public consumption, even if it's that, it's still at least bringing awareness to the fact. And that in and of itself is a, is a win for me at this point. But He asked a very simple question that, again, Garland just danced around completely ignored. How many informants do you have inside the Catholic Church? Uh, None that we know of. How many informants do you have inside Antifa, A.G.? How many informants do you have inside that organization? I'm betting it's zero. How many informants?
3: um, Yeah, go ahead. I'm of the opinion. So there's a a, a well-known conservative podcast out there, YouTuber. They infiltrated Antifa. And they had FBI agents asking them, how the hell did you get involved? How the hell did you know they were doing this? This was going down. How did you get involved? Asking them um, information on how they too can get involved in in uh, infiltrating Antifa. I I am just baffled at uh, their um. Well, I I would say ineptitude, but uh, that that's uh, all part of the that's all part of the plan. That's all part of the. They only target uh, that which they're told, right? They follow orders. And, um, they're following order- orders to go after Catholics in this case, or, you know, law abiding citizens, uh, going after these, uh, yeah, the, the other thing I want to point out there in, in that questioning, he didn't deny it blatantly. He didn't full on deny it. He didn't say, no, there are none. No, he said, I don't know, which means translation. I know how many, and I'm not going to tell you the American people would
1: be, um, Outraged if they knew, uh, and rightfully so. Just for fun, my next question, my next follow-up question would have been, "How many informants do you have inside the Patriot Front?" <laughs> yeah, true. Did you see some of that January six footage where you've got the uh, the guys that are uh, McCarthy actually released it to uh, uh, to Carlson, and he's released mm-hmm. uh, some others to uh, to some other people? It actually shows, at least to this point, which we'd already seen some of this. It shows guys with earpiece radios pulling people in like th- when the door got opened from the guys that opened it on the inside, they're actually pulling people in and the audio from it is like they're asking, you can hear the audio and you can hear people asking, why are you guys pulling us inside? Good question. Uh, the,
3: next, the next question I would uh, like to have asked is, um, was any of this videotape presented as evidence uh, during these trials of these January Sixers? And my guess is... No, because all of this information or all this video was effectively classified.
1: I didn't mean to interject on you there. Were you going to say something about the uh, the stand up people over at the, Patri- the the Fed front? Excuse me. Oh
3: no, um, no. I, I would agree. I would. I would ask the same questions. I, I'm. I was going to say to the effect that I I really don't like. I really don't like the FBI anymore. I'm. I'm of the opinion that local law enforcement nowadays. So as you mentioned, back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, it was difficult for law enforcement to work together across state lines. That's not a problem anymore. Uh, with the, the amount of technology and everything that we have today um, and hardware, uh, that's not a problem at all. Uh, so what what is the point of a federal um, agency at this point?
1: None that I can see because they don't actually do anything to to stop any kind of criminal activity, at least uh, not what we would consider to be one of those, um, uh, yeah. how do you put it? No, well, we Universal truths. Yes, yes. It, it, yeah. They've redefined the term criminal because you are now mm. the criminal. We are now the the criminals according to their redefining of, of criminals. If you're a Catholic, you're now a criminal. If you're a concerned parent about this uh, transgender wokeness madness that's being taught to your children to undermine you in these schools and you attend a meeting, to shout down these Marxists that sit on these school boards, well, you're a domestic terrorist. He signed the paper himself. The, the FBI is now our version of the KGB. That's, uh... Gee, I wonder where you know, they got the pretty, idea.
3: Pretty apparent. Yeah, that's the whole reason that we need to get away from having so much federal power. It needs to go back to the states. It, it gives more power to the people, um, you know, how it was intended. Uh, We're the ones that are supposed to be in control. And these are supposed to be our representatives, not uh, not our leaders as as it is now. They're not supposed to be the elite. We're supposed to be that we're supposed to be the ones that are in control. Um, But here we are. We've we've given over our power to um, a select few and that select few has given their power over to. An even smaller few,
1: right? So I said this is going to be a a short one today. Last topic, because w- again, we um yeah we kind of uh, we we were really tied up before all this. Bruce, do you think the the media paying lip service, and that's all it is? Do you think the media paying lip service to this um this lab leak thing? Do you think that that is I guess I'm glad they're doing it but do you think it's it's even credible? They they want us to look at that. If it's on the mainstream media, that's what they want everybody to see. So I I don't I don't think that they truly believe this or maybe maybe they're just trying to pass it off as uh, as a leak as opposed to something that was done intentionally. What what are your thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, so I have an issue with the lab leak theory. Saying it's a lab leak says that it was an accident. And again, it removes a lot of the Culpability, if you will, of China and of the American counterparts that gave him the technology and hell, even the the, <laughs> the virus they were using, and just says it was an accident. This shouldn't have released. No, this was intentional. The whole reason that the media is is playing lip service to this, I think, is they got the orders from the White House. They they got their marching orders. Uh, well, the White House got it from elsewhere, and basically. Uh, they're making it look like they're being hard on China because there is an election coming up. And though our system is um, heavily fortified, uh, they still need the illusion that uh, the, the politicians are doing good things for the people. So Biden has to look tough. He has to look tough on China. He has to look like he's doing something because Trump is obviously anti-China, rightfully so. So he has to look like he's trying to be strong and, and tough on China with the um, uh, bringing up this lab leak theory and saying uh, we, we should pay attention to it. No, this is all geo, geopolitics. This has nothing to do with actually trying to get to the truth, actually getting to the bottom of it and having the perpetrators hang for what they did to not just the American people, but the world.
1: You got the likes of Scott Gottlieb. Excuse me, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, going on CBS's Face the Nation to give his account on, well, how this could have happened. And again, I, I think this is all misdirection. I don't take this at, at face value, what the man's about to say, but it deserves being played.
4: We've talked on this program to Matt Pottinger, who served in the Trump administration, who said intelligence needs to be a, a more robust part of pandemic um, protection. And I know you agree with that. Um You know there was a piece in the new york times by david wallace wells an opinion piece called we've been talking about the lab leak theory all wrong and the argument is that lean into the lab theory and just look at how to prevent lab leaks he's calling for things like a national registration on research based on risks and benefits new safety standards global governance to go with this as well why doesn't that exist, and why isn't that being created?
2: Yeah, I think it should be. I mean, we're three years into this. There is some recommendations that are on the president's desk. I think we need to start getting serious and looking at what steps need to be put into place. You know, we're still stuck on the debate about whether it was or wasn't a lab leak. I don't think we're going to prove that. I think we should work on the assumption that there's a probability that it was a lab leak and start putting in place the kinds of protections that we need. The congressman talked about gain-of-function research. He made the point that there isn't a real commercial prerogative for doing that kind of research agree with him. We ought to look at whether we outlaw that kind of research and certainly if it's going to take place, conduct it in BSL-4 labs, high security labs under very strict conditions where we know what's going on and don't outsource it to labs in China. Sometimes the highest risk experiments get outsourced to the worst labs around the world because they're the ones willing to do those experiments. And so if we're going to do high risk research because we think it's important from a national security standpoint, and that's the only context in which this would make sense, there really isn't a commercial context in which this would make sense, uh, we need to get better control over it. And to Matt's point, Matt Pottinger's point, we need to get the intelligence agencies engaged in this as a national security, as a part of their national security mission, and look at public health preparedness through a national security lens. I think we're doing that now, but we need to be very explicit about that. And that does mean also surveillance around some of the high-risk activities that can create these kinds of risks. Is there any other
1: side of his mouth that he could have talked out of in all of that? Is there any other side that, that he could have gone with that? Because, my God, he was all over the map. Well, we should do this, but we shouldn't do that. But we, sh- we, can rule- we can't rule this out, but we're probably not going to know the answer to that. He's good. He is good. That's probably why he's in that position. But mm-hmm. you notice there's not one talk. Oh, they even talked about global governments. And oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. We should have all that. Actually, the only governance that you have is called the Biological Weapons Convention, and all nations have actually, with the exception of very few, uh, I believe China's one of them, signed on to that to make what this was illegal in the first place. Because when you say gain of function, that's like the government saying, well, it was a controlled venting in East Palestine. No, they blew it up on purpose. That wasn't a controlled venting. Gain of function is not, well, it's, a, it's a gain of, no, that's weaponization. That's what it is. That's illegal. And he says, well, we outsource it to countries like China because they're willing to do the work. Do you know why they're willing to do the work? Because it's illegal here in these countries, in Western countries. So we, we do the dirt in those labs over there because they don't have ethics. They don't have morals. Of course, I would argue that a lot of our people don't either. But yet- not one mention, not one mention of shutting any of these labs down. Not one mention of that. It was, oh, we need stronger regulations in place. We need more centralization. We need more government. We need more regulations. We need more oversight. No, you shut these monstrosities down. That's what you do. You want to ensure this doesn't happen again? Shut them down. As you
3: said before, problem, reaction, solution. That's that's exactly what he just uh, proposed they They gave the problem the solution or well, the reaction to this to the problem, and then now we have the solution. uh more regulation, more government, bigger government, um, no, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, you shouldn't be doing this research period. and uh, bringing the research home, I agree. If you're going to do the stuff and it's about national security, you should have it on the home front. However, all the other countries now have this technology too. Uh, everybody else can do this. The, the cat is out of the bag. The genie's out of the bottle. Pandora's box is opened. You are not going to be able to stop this now. If China wants to produce a new uh, virus and release it on the world, they have the means to do it. Uh, and they have the motive now as well. No. Nah. Uh, <laughs> nothing he said there was of worth, in my opinion. It, that was all just gobbledygook, uh, smoke and mirrors. It's a bunch of BS. The mainstream media talking about this now and, and pointing this out, uh, actually, you know what? I think this is going on. So I, I firmly believe that Trump is actually a wild card in this to a lesser degree. I think, uh, well, I say lesser degree, but I think to a degree, so is DeSantis so far. I think what's actually going on here.
1: The Jeb Bush endorsement doesn't help his credibility in my opinion.
3: Well, that is honestly who endorses him is irrelevant yeah that's true that's true soros, because soros
1: even soros endorsed him so yeah. okay all right anyway i'm sorry i yeah. mean to interrupt that, you. that could that could be to try to
3: uh, hurt his credibility specifically to be fair uh because that, that's kind of what the world economic forum does is it says here here's a world Economic, here's your award you you know you can be a part of our young global leaders and uh, even if you're not a part of it at all it, uh, it it kind of sullies your image. But Trump has continued to stay with the vaccine saved lives. Now, it's possible there's some theories out there that maybe it did. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it truly did. And not because the vaccine actually stopped COVID or it's other reasons. We won't get into it because time and everything. And we can't prove it. Uh, The other thing is, I think what's going on is they're pushing this agenda now and getting the American people to be basically have a negative view of covid and they already do. But I mean, China and all of that. And then they're going to slowly pivot into the vaccine and they're going to slowly pivot into well, these, all these problems came from this uh, lab leak, and then we created a, a vaccine to try to counter it, and all these people are having problems now. This is the Trump vaccine. This is because of Trump. This is because what Trump did. He allowed uh, the the research in China because this happened under his watch. This is his fault, and they're going to brand it all on Trump. And again... It's about an illusion. Our electoral process has been broken for a long time. Some of the stuff that we're uh, researching and, and looking into, it's even more broken than what we thought. Um, and I, I, I kind of have a feeling this is just for an illusion uh, to, to get you public consumption. To, to jump on board. Public consumption so that when the election happens and they fortify it like they did last time, like they've done for years in the past, but you'll agree with it because that's the illusion you were fed and that's what you believe. So you'll believe, yeah, even though even though the the quote unquote silent majority, which if you're the silent majority, uh, you should not be owning that. If you're a part of the silent majority, that is a self-own. That is a burn. That is a diss to yourself. If you're part of the silent majority, you're the problem. Uh, so anyway, I, I I think that's really what's going on here is this is just more smoke and mirrors.
1: It's a it's, no, I, I and I agree with you there on the, the silent majority thing. That's no, that's that's bang on point. That's that's true. It's time for you to not be silent. You need to be the loud majority now. I mean, the screaming minority is what we've been dealing with with the wokeness and the Antifa and all that. That's the screaming minority, the silent majority. You need to be the loud ones,
3: but but my job and my
1: yeah, you're gonna lose it. You're gonna lose it. Friends and family, you gonna lose it doesn't matter. That's you're gonna that's lose it anyway. The point you're gonna one lose one thing. It. Yeah. One thing to this to this point, even if it's on the surface, okay, even if it's on the surface, Bruce, are you familiar with Dan Bongino? Now, I'm of two minds about the guy. He's a former Secret Service guy, so I have no doubt that he knows what he's talking about. He has a show. He has a podcast and all that stuff. And and I I can't. Mm -hmm. I'll put it this way. I have a hard time disagreeing with what he presented in his monologue the other night. I'm going to play this in its entirety. And it's about China. Okay, as Bruce said, we're working on something else at the moment. We're working on a different angle and that's a little bit deeper. But what he presents here, even if it's just on the surface, even if it's just a surface problem, it is still a problem. It is still a big problem and they need to be addressed. Mind you, he's talking about America here, but this goes for all Western nations. That includes our cousins down under. Australia New Zealand.
0: Listen, folks, it's a serious monologue here. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. United States appears to be walking directly into World War III. The signs are everywhere. Pentagon's planning to send more than a hundred U.S. troops to Taiwan for training in the coming months. Meanwhile, China's Xi Jinping is planning a visit to Moscow to see Putin. I'm sure they're just there to play Scrabble or whatever. Putin, who just this week, by the way, suspended participation in a nuclear arms treaty with the United States and then threatened to resume nuclear testing. That kind of sounds like a big deal. Even worse, China appears to be strengthening its support for Russia. And folks, there's real concerns China will start supplying Russia with lethal weapons in the Ukraine war. Matter of fact, that just broke the other day. Meanwhile, the Biden administration just issued new sanctions against Russia. That'll do it. No worries. No worries. And they seem just fine dragging the United States directly into the war with Ukraine even more.
1: Because we all recognize that if we abandon Ukraine, we abandon the UN Charter itself and the principles and rules that make all countries safer and more secure.
0: Article 5 is a sacred commitment the United States has made. We will defend literally every inch of NATO. Every inch of NATO. Yeah, he talks tough, all right really do too much. But if we're plunged into a war, God forbid, with China and Russia, and China decided they wanted to invade the United States, well, what would it actually look like? Forget all the fear porn headlines. Remember that movie Red Dawn? You're going to see uh, Chinese Communist Party uh, army parish shooting into New York City. That's not what it would look like. What would it really look like? Well, what if I told you it was already underway? And we could describe it in four simple steps. First would be infiltration, Right. This includes invading the universities, industries, financial institutions, technologies, technologies like TikTok, even sports and Hollywood. Infiltration's important, you gotta get here first, right? If you're gonna do an invasion. And why is it so important? Well, the communists have been working on it for more than a century. They even have a name for it. If you were gonna call something a long march to institutions, you'd probably be telegraphing that you were intending a long march Through institutions, because that's what they called it. So if the infiltration of our institutions, is it actually happening? Well, here's a map of all the known Confucius Institutes in the United States, you know, our educational institutions, that are run by the Chinese Communist Party. Infiltration? I say that's a check. Step two, When you infiltrate, once you infiltrate, you need collaboration. You always need useful idiots. You need those Vichy French, you know, like they had in World War II. You need them. Folks, the show's covered the business ties between Biden, Inc. and the Chinese Communist Party for a long time. That sounds like collaboration to me. Who better to collaborate with than the big guy currently sitting in the Oval Office? The big guy. Most of you got that. The Biden family alone reportedly banked more than $31 million in business deals with Chinese Communist Party connected elites. That's quite a chunk of change. So first, China infiltrates, then it collaborates. You need your useful idiots. You also need useful idiots in Hollywood, the culture of sports, too. It always helps. Remember the freedom protests in Hong Kong in 2019? Well, during the NBA preseason, one team owner tweeted support for those protests. Gosh, was that a mistake? Of course, that ticked off the communists and other NBA heavy hitters. And when asked about it, the collaborators who are typically outspoken NBA stars about just about everything else, they were suspiciously circumspect on the matter.
1: It's a really bizarre international
0: story. And um, a lot of us don't know what to make of it. So... um, it's, it's, it's something I'm reading about, uh, just like everybody is, but I'm not going to comment for them, yeah.
1: uh, So many people uh, could have been harmed, uh, not only financially, but physically, emotionally,
4: spiritually. Um, so just be careful what we, what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be um, a lot of negative that comes with that too.
0: Yeah, th- those two had a lot to say, just about everything else. You ask about anything from bubblegum to BLM, they've got a comment, but not on China and freedom and stuff. It's uh, above their pay grade or whatever. So why all the hush-hush, you know? Well, just this week, the NBA inked a new business partnership with Communist China. Again, here's my shock face. And if it looks like my normal face, it's because it is. So infiltration, check. Collaboration with useful idiots, check. Sounds like the invasion plan, we're two steps there already. Well, you got infiltration, collaboration, and in order to invade, you also need destruction. Listen, I wanna be clear, when I say destruction, I don't mean annihilation. Annihilating the country wouldn't do much good. Why would you wanna invade a parking lot? I mean destruction of our society as we know it, by creating chaos. What good would a Chinese Communist Party take over the United States be if all the resources they wanted here were destroyed? Even Politico has reported on China buying up American farmland at an alarming rate. Hard to call it a conspiracy theory, right? I mean, the left loves Politico. What do you think they're buying up the farmland for? You think they're buying a, the farmland to go play tiddlywinks in the cornfields? What do you think this is, Children of the Corn? Malachi going to pop out? And Joe Biden, by the way, let a Chinese spy balloon travel across basically the entire United States over strategic military locations. And here's another not-so-fun fact. China's been sending spy balloons to other military locations around the world. Why do you think they're doing that? Crazy. Crazy. <coughs> It's almost like they're preparing for something if you're not an imbecile. You know what else fits at the bottom of a spy balloon? This is really bananas. Yeah, nuclear device. That can set off an electromagnetic pulse, otherwise known as an EMP. And you know what that could do? That could do really bad things. Like it could wipe out our entire electrical grid. You know, that would be bad. Like your fridge wouldn't work. You wouldn't be able to grab a cold Heineken out of the fridge or anything else for that matter. China's even reportedly opened up police stations in the U.S. Really? Gosh, collaborators? It's like they are already planning for the takeover. And in Canada, they say they're here to monitor Chinese citizens, but I'm sure there's nothing to see here at all. Don't you worry about it. Just let Joe Biden take charge. He'll find the red carpet eventually. So we have infiltration. Check there. Collaboration. Definite check. Destruction. They're working on it now. And finally, subjugation. Listen, I've said on this show for years, the elites in this country want a social credit system just like China's to control and subjugate the population. Useful idiots. This is why I spoke out against vaccine passports during the pandemic, and the liberal media was like, eh, don't worry about it.
1: Vaccine passports would be a form of ID to gain
0: entry to certain businesses or cultural events. Welcome to the world of vaccine passports, which I think are a great and simple way to show that you're immune from Corona.
1: The right would have you believe
0: that a vaccine passport is effectively big brother coming for you and your family. And it just isn't. The right wing talking machine always has a boogeyman. Uh, And and yesterday uh, they started complaining about vaccine passports. Invasion, it's already begun. The infiltration's already here, the collaboration's already on the record, the destruction could be just months away, and the subjugation, they've already imported the model. But folks, listen. I don't believe America is going to go gently here. I don't want to be apocalyptic. Estimates show there are 393 million civilian-owned firearms in the United States. There's a lot of really badass mofos in the United States. It's enough for at least one person those firearms. That's a big problem for any country looking to conquer us. It's going to be someone really pissed off buying a lot of closed doors. I've said it before. I'm long on America. God's touched this country with something special.
1: It's a special place for a reason but it's up to us to save it. It ain't going to save itself. He did a great job presenting that. He's not wrong in the things that he presented about the threat that communist China poses. Now, I believe that it goes deeper than that. I believe what he covered there on the surface, he's 100% on it because we've talked about those things for years here. We were talking social credit years ago before anybody was even mentioning that. People would look at you and say, social what? What are you talking about? We were talking about that years ago. But again, I believe media, right? Right. It's like social media. Yeah, it's like social media. All right. But again, he's not wrong. He put it together very well, but it goes deeper than that. the The scope of this is beyond even my own comprehension at the moment. So bear that in mind. Yeah, that that felt like a typical
3: Fox News pep talk, if you will. I mean, nothing against uh, Bongino. Yeah, he is, uh, I think he's the biggest or one of the biggest uh, conservative radio show hosts. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to knock the guy. He did work hard to get to the position he's in. I think when he first started, he was posting videos from his closet on Facebook or something like that. So, you know, I'm not going to knock the guy. He he He's done good. And he is speaking truth in that. Um, but yeah, I agree. It, it It's a lot deeper. But my question is, if you told the American people that it goes deeper, would it matter? Would would anything change? Not I saying we shouldn't gonna... say. I, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. we shouldn't tell them. I'm just saying, do we really
1: expect any change? At the moment, as I said to you in prep, we can't even get people off the television. So until that happens, until you get that change right there, then I would say no. But again, as time progresses and as this becomes more and more apparent and your are comfortable life starts to dwindle and it starts to disappear. When your electricity doesn't work when you flip the switch. When your water doesn't come out of your tap. When your car costs more to run than what you can afford. When you can no longer put bread on the table for your family. Then things will change. I think you'll see a big change and it will happen almost overnight. But until that time, I don't see any changes. Just one man's opinion. We're going to go ahead and jump out of here, Bruce. I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.